2: I think Trevor can be an international superstar. You know, there's not many football players that become international superstars.
3: And we get three-man rush. Lawrence slips a shot downfield, field, and he has T. Higgins.
1: Watching him at the opening, saying this guy could go to an NFL training camp right now uh, and throw one-on-one, throw routes on air, and look like an NFL quarterback. Lawrence
4: just launches freshman versus freshman, and Russ makes a catch on the far sideline.
2: I, I, I can't really recall anyone like him that had the combination of that size and speed and and arm talent.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Daniel Jeremiah from Move the Sticks. And I'm Bucky Brooks, and this is Trevor Lawrence's 360. All right, Buck, well, this is a big one here. Uh, probably the uh, the biggest episode of the year for us when we think about everything that goes into it. So we've spent a lot of time doing our homework on Trevor Lawrence. Um Top quarterback. I think we're, we're in the same boat on that one in this year's draft class. An interesting story. And, man, we've gone to great lengths uh, to learn more about him.
5: Yeah, like, DJ, like this has been a really unique project for us because we had a chance to really dig deep into Trevor's background. Talk to his college coach, talk to family members, talk to people around him in his hometown. And most importantly, talk to some of the private coaches and trainers
0: that really know him well. Not to mention some opposing coaches, um, uh, which offer some great insight here as well. Uh, but but let's, uh, uh, first of all, before we get into some of these interviews, just kind of quick, Buck, as we're kind of starting chronologically here, the first time you heard about Trevor Lawrence, I know doing the Elite 11 stuff, he popped on the radar pretty early.
5: Yeah, DJ, my first exposure to Trevor Lawrence was at a camp. And, you know, when you had these Elite 11 camps, it's the best of the best. And so you've you've heard about some of the quarterbacks coming through, but you knew, about Trevor Lawrence. One, the, the reputation preceded him. Two, when you see him, he looks like everything that you expect to see from a potential franchise quarterback. Um, big, athletic, tremendous arm talent. Uh, the hair always stands out because the first thing you think about is <laughs> Titans and sunshine. But uh, I think the thing that I came away with just my first interaction is just how focused and how serious he was about the game. Uh, didn't say a lot, just kind of went about his business. And that just kind of resonated because there's different approaches to how you kind of participate in those camps. Like, are you there really for the competition? Are you there to learn and get better? And I would say that Trevor Lawrence competed while being really, really focused on becoming a better player. And that is a little unusual sometimes for high-end players.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, it was impressive. I just, you know, going up there to the opening, um, the, the big Nike event that you were coaching at and, and seeing him for the first time up there and running into Dilfer, who we're going to chat with in just a little bit. Um, and he was like, yeah, that's, that's like the Drew Bledsoe, but he's athletic. I'm like, whoa, OK. And then I watched him throw <laughs> a little bit and I was like, oh, dang, yeah, this kid, this kid can spin it. Um, well, let's get to some of our guests here because this is where we're really trying to Pick things up and learn more about Trevor Lawrence, the player, the person, and we're kind of going to go through the process here, talking about the recruiting, uh, the development, kind of the younger years and high school years here. Let's start things off uh, with a little bit of our conversation with Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney.
2: You know, it, it's it's how you win. Do you win by sacrificing and compromising, and 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 using young people, or do you win uh, with love? and and you know compassion and development uh and and equipping young people uh with with a great experience and great tools for life that's that's really you know how we've gone about our business here and Trevor has just come in here and and stepped right into that uh you know role I mean he's the epitome of that he, he comes in you talk about developing yeah he's a highly recruited guy but he's gotta come in he's gotta earn it that's the other thing. You got to earn it here. No, we don't give anybody anything. We're not entitling anybody. You got, you're, you're empowered. You're not entitled. You got to go earn it. And Trevor was that way in the recruiting process. Just a very humble kid, committed December of his junior year. I mean, at that point, we had we had the number one quarterback in the country committed to Clemson as a senior. He was a senior in high school. And we had like a top 20 quarterback. We had two quarterbacks in that senior class and he comm- and then we had Kelly Bryant and Zarek Cooper and all these guys on the roster and then he commits December of his junior year and to this day this is one of the things i've told a lot of people about him <laughs> he never asked me about another quarterback in the recruiting process not like, like not wow. a single conversation it was all about clemson what our program's all about the people you know uh, the, the, that's all our offense you know the style of play you know receivers those types he never asked me not one time. So you're talking about a kid that's not afraid to compete, uh, you know, and he came in, he, he committed December of his junior year, and it was over. Like, never another discussion about recruiting with Trevor Lawrence. He just went on about his business, being a uh, high school junior, being a high school senior, you know, just being a kid, enjoying his journey. And I can honestly say that about that guy. He has truly enjoyed his journey. He enjoyed being a freshman. He enjoyed – camp he enjoys spring practice i mean and watching him come in here and and have this self-awareness to him yeah he knows he's really talented but he's never satisfied and he knew he needed to get bigger stronger faster more knowledgeable all these things and to watch him attack that process uh with just great joy in his journey was really cool and and you know prove that he could he, he deserved to be the guy had to go earn it and then he does that. Well, then let's, you know, become a leader of the offense. Well, then it's let's become a leader of the team. Then it was let's become a leader of college football, you know, and let's become a leader in your community. And so it just watching him go through that journey, it's been pretty special and do it with such grace and such humility and with the brightest of the brightest of the brightest lights and unbelievable scrutiny, you know, what these kids go through today. is so different than when, when we were coming up. You know, I mean, the scrutiny mm-hmm. is unbelievable, but there's never been a guy more prepared than Trevor. He's been dealing with this since the ninth grade. When He won the job as a 14-year-old at Cartersville, which is a great program, and he beat out a senior quarterback, a really talented player, who, by the way, was the starting tight end at Alabama this year, okay, but he had been a quarterback wow. up until Trevor made him a tight end uh and and, and the <laughs> rest of history he's going to, get to be drafted this year uh as well in fact he was at his wedding and you, know, you just think about that wow. you know a senior in high school I mean a great player division one guy who whose whose pat, path changed because of Trevor you know but but you got to give that kid a lot of credit he stayed at Cartersville and said hey well look this guy you know I'll, I'll move to another position Next thing you know, he signs as a tight end at Alabama, and now he's getting ready to be drafted. Uh, and I think that says a lot about that young man as well. I got a chance to see him at Trevor's wedding. Here's a 14 year old with the weight of a whole program. I mean, I mean, a town. Cartersville is Friday Night Lights. Now this is a this is this is <laughs> big time <laughs> high school football. Like they're passionate about it. And here's this 14 year old with long hair. It's six six. First time I met him, I couldn't believe it. I mean, when he walked in the in the room but just the expectations, the scrutiny, the social media, you know, the, you know, then you get into the seven on sevens, the elite 11s, you're supposed to win every week, you know, all that. And then you're supposed to come to Clemson. You're supposed to win the job. You're supposed to go to a national championship. You're supposed to do this, this, this. And, you know, you're supposed to be the number one thing. He's been dealing with this stuff forever, but guess Mm -hmm. what? That's his norm. That's, that's what he's used to. That's normal to him. Uh, but the beautiful thing about him is he's not, He's not driven by that stuff. He is a very – that's why he fit our program very well, because he's a very inside-out person. He's hes strong in his faith, incredibly strong in his faith. Uh, he, he's driven by that. He's grounded by that. I mean, he just married his middle school sweetheart. You know, they've been dating some middle school, all through high school, all through college. Can you imagine Trevor Lawrence walking around on a college campus, <laughs> you know? I mean, but yet he's very loyal and committed and simple.
0: You know, Buck. One of the interesting things from Dabo there, I thought. You know, going back to high school, when you're a freshman, you beat out a a, a, a Division one caliber athlete, which he did in the in Miller Forest Hall uh, there at Cartersville High School. I mean, that's when you're starting your your, your career off on the right foot. Yeah, and I, I I think there is something to that because I, I, I
5: that takeaway stood out to me that Trevor was a freshman in high school and he beat out a guy who was a D one player. Um, but the other thing when Dabo talks about Trevor Navart asked about other quarterbacks along the way. Uh, he was focused, I mean, on his own process, didn't worry about competition and all the other guys. And for a, a five star recruit, a guy who has been celebrated as maybe QB one uh, to never worry about those things. It speaks volumes about his confidence and his self-esteem that he didn't let insecurities
0: kind of get in the way of what he wanted to accomplish. Uh, Very comfortable in his own skin. I think we can definitely get that vibe, and you'll get that vibe as well as we go through these interviews. You're going to hear from Dabo a little bit later on as well. Um, But as we're talking about his development, there's nobody better to talk to when you're talking about a player's development than his parents. And We had a chance to visit with Jeremy and Amanda Lawrence uh, about their son Trevor. Jeremy and Amanda, I I guess my first question would be, uh, at what point in time did you realize that, that your son Trevor was a good athlete, forget good football player, but what, what was that moment like where you went, okay, this, this kid's pretty good?
3: Three or four years old, he was very athletic and enjoyed playing everything. So didn't know about football at that point, obviously, but, but three or four years old.
6: Yeah, and when he you know, was it, five, he was on the soccer team because he was not able to play uh, football yet. He wasn't old enough, he didn't meet the age requirement. And so, like, he would just get the ball and score. And finally, the coach of the other team was like, listen, you got to take him out because he is just making all the goals. And it, it, was, a, it was on a wreck team. It was a church league team so, team so that they didn't, you know, really keep score that much anyway. But every time the ball was passed, like, Trevor would get it and go score. And they're like, okay, you got to take him out.
5: <laughs> well, that speaks a little bit to his competitiveness. When did you guys discover that part of his personality, how competitive he was?
3: Uh, Younger, two or three. He was always always been been very, he was more vigorously intense back then. You could really see it. You don't see a lot of it now. He's very competitive, but he was very, you would have thought he would have been a linebacker at at that age. He was really, really vocal and aggressive.
0: Amanda, I'm curious what your thoughts were on him playing football. I mean, I know where the where the grades he's had. He's an academic All-American. So I, I'm curious, what was that like the first time he decided he was going to go into in, in the football business?
6: Well, really, I mean, I guess I really didn't think that much about it because my brothers are football players, so I grew up with football. And, I mean, they were football players. Obviously, they're not now. But, um, yeah, I grew up with football and <laughs> You know, I was just glad Trevor had the, the football being the quarterback because I could tell what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and,
5: and so in thinking about him becoming a quarterback, was that something that was just his calling? Was he just drawn to that position, or did he have a, a coach that said, hey, you know what? I think you'd be a really good quarterback.
3: He was drawn to it, and, and he was a natural to it. I mean, as he got older, we did some camps, and uh, at 13 I started putting him with a trainer some, but he he was just a natural at it, and uh, really liked to throw and work at it, so he was just blessed with that ability to throw the football.
0: Jeremy, I want to go back to you on this one real quick. High school, he starts as a freshman. Um, and then next, you know, as the high school career goes on, you know, multiple state championships, he ends up being the number one recruit in the country. Um, wh- when was the time where you started realizing, OK, this is not just he's not just a big deal in our town. Uh, he's becoming a national recruit here
3: and a national figure in the sport. After his in the spring, after his freshman year, he. Um, you know, All-American honors and recruiting stepped up. So, I mean, we, we saw things in the eighth grade that were kind of heading in that direction, but nothing like after his freshman year in high school. He was uh, Preps freshman All-American and All-State and all that stuff. So um, it did not slow down after that.
5: And, and so you talk about it not slowing down. How was he able to handle the weight of expectations when he became a big name?
3: I think he's handled it very well. He's still the same guy uh, as before um, with family. And, you know, he had exposure to it really young, 14 years old. So, uh, you know, the downside of that is he was 14 years old. So you lose, you know, you don't necessarily want kids at that age to have to deal with so much. But uh, by the time he made it to college, it really helped him. Cause he had been exposed to the media exposed to a lot of pressure, you know, all the things that go along
6: uh, yeah, he's always with that handled pressure pretty well. I mean, you know, with all the, the fame as it's grown, um, he's really, he's really done well with it. He's always, stayed pretty focused and, you know, just handled all, even the praise and the criticism very well.
0: It's crazy, Bucky, how the, uh, the recruiting thing has changed. You know, it used to be after your junior year, that's when the recruiting process starts. Uh, now it's pretty much over by then. I mean, this he, he knew his son was a national recruit after his freshman year in high school.
5: Yeah, I, I mean, big time. And big time from a small town. It, one, the high school program that he played at, at Cartersville, was outstanding. I mean, you talk about a team that was a perennial power. He takes over all the pressure and expectations for him to keep that thing going. He was able to. But two, emerging quickly as a national recruit and getting the interest, but Trevor and I really being phased by it. Um, Once again, I I think one of the things that we'll, we'll hear from those who know him well um, the pressure and the hype and all those other things never really impacted the way he played. And I think it takes a very, very mature young player to be able to handle those things without it kind of creeping in and filtering into their play.
0: Well, I think, you know, when you talk about being even uh, even killed, it's probably a skill set that would serve you well in the art world. Um, I bring that up because one of the more fascinating things about Trevor is his family and it is his brother, Chase, who was actually an artist, uh, an accomplished artist. Um, and to me, you look at two guys grow up in the same household and pursue different passions. Uh, both do them very well Um, and I think there's some similarities you can learn from the two of them uh, which is why we wanted to talk with Chase to get his take uh, on growing up with Trevor and what that was like so here's our conversation with Chase Lawrence What was it like uh, growing up in in the household there and I would love to know how you got on your path that led you to be a very successful painter and sculptor Um,
7: Well Trevor always played sports and like loved baseball, loved basketball, pretty much everything except soccer. I remember when he was in kindergarten, uh they wouldn't let him play football, so all he could do is play soccer and he like mowed everyone down. <laughs> so, uh he, he he always played uh sports and loved it. And I, you know, I tried to play basketball. I liked it when I was really young, and then as I got older, I kind of, you know, I didn't have have as much of an interest in everything, but um He was busy all the time when we were kids. So, um, you know, with sports and everything. So like, I didn't really even see him a whole lot, like once he was like in middle school. Um, And then into high school, he was just always busy, but uh, we got to hang out like on the weekends and stuff like that. But um, yeah, as far as me and art goes, I always uh, was a drawer and a painter. Uh, That was kind of all I ever really, wanted to do professionally um, and I kind of set my mind to that uh, around my middle school years I think around like seventh grade I was like I'm gonna do it no matter what I put all my eggs in one basket <laughs> and uh, and then I went to art school and here we are so <laughs>
5: No, that's cool. So you talked about you guys, like, obviously developing your passions or finding your passions early middle school. You with art. uh, Trevor, obviously, with sports and football what is it like because you guys are i'm sure sibling you have a little bit of that competitiveness but in your own field what was it like in that household you guys pursuing two completely different tracks but supporting one another
7: um so crazy thing is i you can ask anyone i'm not a competitive person at all so competition doesn't even like exist in my mind uh as far as like personal personal things go but um So I never felt like everyone asked me that. They're like, well, how did you feel growing up? Uh, You know, Trevor being like an all star athlete and everyone is giving him all this attention. Um, And I just I was just happy and proud of him. And like I never felt jealous or anything like that. Um, But uh, also my family, you know, they love sports and, you know, sports is a lot more popular to your lay person than art is. So like people just go crazy over sports. And um, so I was kind of like the black sheep of the family, but my family's, you know, I'm close with all of them. So, you know, we all have a great relationship and everything, but um, yeah, I think Trevor started caring more about art and kind of what I was doing more you know as he was like in his maybe junior or senior year of high school and then i think that's around the time i started caring more about what he
0: did as well <laughs> so we talk about how you guys can be different but i'd be curious as somebody who knows very little about art uh, i'm going to be full, fully honest here but i would imagine <laughs> to, to finish and complete a project has to require tremendous poise and focus And I mean, because those are two of the attributes when we watch and study, you know, Trevor, we would say, okay, those are two of his greatest attributes. Uh, Do you see that? Is there a parallel? Is there a connection there? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think uh, the concept
7: of that skill is exactly the same, but the way it's executed and uh, the way it is in action is different because timing with him is like, everything's a split second. Uh, You have to be a very quick thinker and I think with me, it's uh, or with art and artist, it's more of a slow thinking process, um, but it's the same type of like problem solving um, execution.
5: And thinking about that, you talk about the, the creative mind and the creative aspect of what you have while it also retains a level of discipline. If Trevor was ever to come to you utilizing your experience as an artist, To help him as a player, what kind of advice would you give him in terms of helping him become great in his own respective field?
7: Um, Embrace the creativity. People don't think, you know, athletes are creatives. uh, And maybe, you know, they're not always exactly, but I think quarterbacks are especially creative as athletes because you have to see, you know, the whole picture, all the different ways you can go, all the all the intricacies and details of like how you're going to, you know, dodge the other players and, you know, you know, what I'm saying like you have to visually make sense of what's going on and, and find the solution. And I think that is. I mean, almost like the definition of creativity, so.
0: Is there a story uh, when Trevor was growing up where you, where you saw him actually uh, have a temper, maybe a temper tantrum, or he got <laughs> a little upset, or we saw some some of that raw emotion come out because you guys seem so chill?
7: Yeah, so this is funny. I tell everyone this, and my, my dad does too, and my mom, and our grandparents, ever, the whole family really. Um, so I ne- he never really had a temper that I remember, but when he was a kid, he was insane. I mean, he would never wear clothes. He would run down the street, butt naked. Uh, He would jump on coffee tables. He would say like the most embarrassing out of pocket stuff in public in stores, wherever we were at. And uh, man, we thought he was going to be so wild as he got older and really be a handful, but he is now like the complete opposite. So it's, fascinating how uh, how he is now <laughs> because that is not the same child like
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's funny that you say that because he does always appear to be really cool and composed and poised um he is is his demeanor like is he really like that all the time
7: um I always say this in like every interview like trevor's very like goofy and always joking he's like never serious um unless you know we're having like a heart-to-heart discussion or something but even then he still cracks a few jokes but um when he's like being interviewed or something he gets like this like interview face on he's like very like serious and um almost like monotone a little bit And i'm probably the same way but uh when we're just hanging out and stuff, he's just so silly and just a jokester and uh, a super lighthearted guy. Um, and it's just kind of like a completely different side of him that I feel like a lot of like fans and stuff don't, don't actually see, but um, it looks like he has a bright future ahead of him. So I'm sure it'll start coming out more.
0: First of all, Buck, from Chase's standpoint, impressive to me that not not an ounce of jealousy. And I, I mean, I 100% believe him. Uh, they're growing up in a household with a guy who's really, he's famous. I mean, as a high schooler, he's famous in your town as well as nationally. Um, but again, I think it's just a very rooted, grounded, uh, you know, atmosphere and home that Trevor Lawrence grew up in.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's very supportive. I actually um, believe that his brother's, Path a different path as a sculptor and artist may have helped Trevor, may help Trevor when he talks about tapping into that creativity and kind of forging your own path. I think it is a unique thing, but I think Chase gave great insight into Trevor and how Trevor was competitive and kind of how he he was almost like a man amongst boys from the time that he was very, very little and all the attention that he had on him for his athletic exploits. And once again, how it didn't really, impact him it
0: didn't change who he was as a person now uh this next guest you you might ask why in the world are we going to talk to the mayor of cartersville uh well because he was also the uh he was a guy who was calling the games for the local radio station so he called trevor lawrence's games uh and buck you had a chance to to visit with matt
8: santini Trevor's going to roll to his right on third down, looking to throw under a little bit of pressure. Now he's going to stop. He's going to run to his left, and he's going to float it to the end zone. He's got a man out there. E.J. Turner, did he get it in bounds? Touchdown! What a play by Trevor.
5: Proud to have the mayor of Cartersville, Georgia, and also radio broadcaster at uh, WBHF in Georgia, Matt Santini, thanks for joining the MTS Podcast. How you doing? Thank you, Bucky. Pleasure to be with
8: you talk about uh, one of our hometown heroes.
5: Uh, and speaking of uh, hometown hero, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is a big deal down there. But before we get to that, I want to know, how do you juggle duties of being the mayor of the town and also uh, the play-by-play voice of the high school games at the high school?
8: Well, that is a great question. Uh, the mayor's position in Cartersville is a part-time position. We have a city manager form of government. So I get to manage the meetings, be involved with a lot of economic development and policy issues. I'm not responsible for all the day-to-day operations. Fortunately, we've got a professional for that. Running the radio station gets tricky sometimes. Uh, For instance, that new car I'm driving, we will not do a story on all the money that's missing from City Hall.
5: (laughs) That's pretty funny there, Mayor. Now, obviously, everyone is excited about Trevor Lawrence. I'm sure he is celebrated in that hometown. But let's go all the way back. What was it
8: like the first time that you saw Trevor Lawrence? You know, the story to Trevor really begins before he was even in high school. People were talking about this eighth-grade kid. And Cartersville has a very storied uh, football program. And so they've had success, and so it's nothing to see kids come through and have a great deal of success. But when, you know, you hear about this eighth-grader that's going to be coming up and and plays quarterback and might potentially be this fantastic player, it was, you know, you get kind of skeptical and you be real careful about trying to overpromote, you know, 13- or 14-year-old kids They are actually that just kids, but it didn't take long that it was that first year where he was a freshman. He was rotating uh, quarterback duties with Miller Forrestal, who went on to play at Alabama. And, uh, you know, it was the second game. It really was when they were playing North Cobb. They actually ended up losing the football game, uh, but Miller had gotten hurt. And so the keys were really turned over to Trevor at that point. They lost the game by one, but it wasn't for lack of any effort on his, he, he played a fantastic game. And from there, he just kind of knew that there was something special about this kid. And from there, he just kind of took off and it, it was really amazing. The arm strength and the, where he places the football from, from the time he was a freshman early in the season was, was just remarkable.
5: Yeah. It has to be uncommon to see a young guy handle uh, the responsibility of being the starting quarterback on varsity with the level of, I don't know, precision and production that, uh Trevor was able to do. So what are some of the highlights that you can remember of
8: Trevor Lawrence's high school career? I look back at his the really his sophomore year. There were a lot of great accomplishments there. The state championship game, a game that Cartersville won only 10 to nothing. It wasn't a great statistical game, but his leadership was was very evident. And you know it's the the thing that I've told people from the very beginning, you see the long hair and you think, oh, he's, he doesn't, he, you know, they, he, everybody calls him sunshine, you know, try to relate to, to remember the Titans. I, I've told people since before he left Cartersville, it's like, man, the thing that people forget about, or they, they miss on him. He's faster than you think he is. He's deceptively elusive. And he likes contact a lot more than people think. He has always been a super competitor, a super leader, and and again, a level of toughness that goes, I think, still kind of underrated.
5: You know, it's funny because you talk about those traits. I believe uh, humility is a trait that is also associated with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, do you have any examples
8: of how humble Trevor Lawrence is, despite all the accolades that have come his way? I, I can probably talk more about that, seeing what he's done and the person he is off the field than I can on the field. Um, you know, I, I'd look at the fact that on Fridays he would go to the elementary school and visit with with kids who just wanted to see him and meet him. Uh, I remember going out to a local restaurant and he was there with his uh, girlfriend, now fiance, soon to be wife, uh, enjoying lunch. And there were adults coming up to him uh, wanting to try to talk to him. And I also saw a number of other high school players that obviously weren't nearly as good as him who were acting like they were a lot better than. Uh, you know, they, they had that high school attitude, you know, just acting like here I am. I'm a high school football player and look at look at me. And and he just sat there quietly in the corner and was eating his lunch and being respectful to everybody. I think about really his time at Clemson. There's a, a young man here who had a heart transplant, uh, had an unexpected heart issue. And and Trevor, you know, really snuck back into town. I say he, he came home. There wasn't a lot of fanfare and came to visit the, the young man who, uh, you know, just to bring him a jersey and tell him he's thinking about him. It's, it's those types of things that really stand out to me with the person that Trevor Lawrence is. It's, it's really the things off the field. And I've said it, there's a lot of adults that can learn how to behave as a good human being from this very young man.
5: Yeah, there are a lot of people that can learn a lot of different things from Trevor Lawrence. You talked about his personality, his humility, the leadership ability. But there are a lot of people that are really fascinated by the talent. So you have to tell me about this 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 throw that I keep hearing about. It's called The Throw versus Mary Pearson in the playoffs, the semifinals back in 2016. What am I missing? Tell me about it, The Throw.
8: It just came uh, coming off that big win on the road against Woodward Academy. They, they were at home. You had to feel good about it. And right out of the gate, Cartersville was down 14 to nothing. There was a very rare turnover and, and touchdown and, and then another quick touchdown. So there's Cartersville playing at home down 14 to nothing. He leads them down the field. And uh, it was, I can't remember the down, but I, I remember him just rolling to his right. Uh, and everybody was covered. He, he pump faked. Uh, the quarter, The linebacker jumps in there. He does a total spin around. And turns to his left, throws it across the field, and drops it right over the shoulder of a receiver on the other side of the field. Uh, and got got his foot in bounds, and it was a touchdown. And from there, they they went on and won that game uh, rather largely. After that, but again, down fourteen to nothing, had the had the presence to make this great athletic play.
5: I'm sure is one of uh, a ton of highlight plays that he made during his time at Cartersville. Are there any other highlight plays that stand out to you?
8: Well, I I think from a highlight perspective, uh, I'll tell you the thing that, that sticks out in my mind is enjoying watching him play at Clemson. It was one of the first nationally televised games that he was on and watching the announcers. He was having a big game. I can't remember the opponent, but listening to the announcers towards the end of the game, trying to come up with something different to say and trying to come up words to describe what he was doing. And I, remember putting out on social media, I said, I'm enjoying watching that. I had to come up with four years worth of of words to try to describe what this guy is doing. And and they were having trouble getting through one college football game with it. That's that's part of the that's part of what I'll remember the most. Uh, The other part that I remember is there's a a local team up here that their student run Twitter site decided that they were going to try to talk a little bit of trash about coming into town and, you know, getting some revenge for a big game that. Cartersville had won rather handily the year before. And Trevor, uh, they tweeted at him, and that wasn't a good thing to do. And, you know, he's real responsible on social media, too. And he just tweeted out two words, wrong move. And uh, shortly after that, their Twitter account apologized. And uh, after that, uh, they came to Cartersville. Actually, it was uh, we went up to Cartersville to Calhoun and won that game by a count of 58 to 6. (laughs) <laughs> it was over early. So
4: obviously,
5: yeah, obviously you don't want to poke the bear, but let's talk about the town. How does the town feel about Trevor Lawrence and all that he has become since he's left high school?
8: You know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword for me in a good way. I mean, he is, he has put Cartersville in the spotlight. Certainly we're a very proud community of over 20,000 people. We've got, we're the home of Ronnie Brown, who enjoyed success in the NFL, Andre Fluellen, who did as well. And, uh, both great young men who have contributed back to the community. Uh, in our county, we also have Vic Beasley, who's a little bit north of here, who's enjoyed time in the NFL and, again, giving back to the community. Great people as, in addition. But, you know, Cartersville had the opportunity because of Trevor Lawrence to be on ESPN and play a football game in our home stadium and to spotlight our community on ESPN or, on, you know, in, anywhere nationally. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was an ad campaign for Adidas that featured Carter'sville's football uniforms on there. It wasn't our players, but it was our uniforms, and the level of of attention that we have gotten and positive attention because of, of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, there's kids. Listen, there's been kids in this town when when Trevor was still here wearing, wearing number sixteen purple jerseys. Now everybody's been wearing you know purple. Uh, excuse me, orange number sixteen jerseys and. Unless something really, really strange happened of biblical proportions, there's gonna be a lot of teal 16 jerseys being worn around Cartersville, and, and I'll, I'll probably buy one myself.
5: Oh, uh, man. Well, I know it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time for Trevor Lawrence. It's an exciting time for everyone in Cartersville, Georgia. Mayor Massentini, thanks so much for joining the Moves of Six podcast. Thanks,
8: Bucky.
0: Uh, Buck, that was awesome, man. I- I'm glad you got a chance to visit with him. Uh, again, People knew about Trevor Lawrence as an eighth grader. I mean, so when we talk about you know expectation and what the expectation could be at the next level, this kid's been dealing with expectations since he was 13, 14 years old.
5: Yeah, and I, and I think there that's something to being comfortable being in the spotlight. Uh, we always talk about franchise quarterbacks and all of the stuff that comes along with it, the responsibilities, the increased attention and scrutiny. But well, Trevor Lawrence has been dealing with that literally since seventh and eighth grade. Uh, to step up in Cartersville, and even though we can talk about it being a small town, football was big. To handle that pressure, to handle the responsibility, to beat out um, a player who was older, and then to continue to keep Cartersville winning at a high level, speaks volumes about who Trevor Lawrence is and and why there's so many scouts that really love. What uh, he could be at the next level, no doubt.
0: Uh, well, I mentioned him a little bit earlier, and visiting with Trent Dilfer up there at the uh, at the opening, the Elite Eleven event that you are a part of, Buck. Um, but to get some more thoughts on Trevor Lawrence uh, from Trent, I thought was something we had to do here with this 360 episode. And you had a chance to visit with our buddy Trent Dilfer.
5: Obviously, this is a fun time for us because I feel like we get a chance to see these young quarterbacks grow up in front of our eyes, and so. What I would like to do is go back to 2017, two of the top guys that came through the process, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Let's start with Trevor Lawrence. When you first laid eyes on Trevor Lawrence, what did you think?
1: I think he was a sophomore or freshman in high school. I can't remember. Uh, And I I just said, wow. I mean, here was a kid that already was mature beyond his years. Uh, Obviously, was a great athlete, but was also pretty clean. You He'd been coached very well uh, in Georgia by Joey King uh had developed well had uh played a lot of seven on seven and already had played a lot of football at the varsity level so uh he he looked like a man even when he was 15 16 years old and as he went through the 11 process he only grew bigger and stronger and more powerful and honed his craft and but the thing I always the story I always tell about Trevor isn't the physical stuff it's the mental stuff it's the competitive stuff I, I remember at the opening uh, the year he was there, uh, he, he was a sponge with Craig Nall, one of our coaches who played seven years in the NFL and, you know, was bugging him late at night, going into his room after hours and asked him to teach him more ball. This is a kid that loves football. He loves to learn. He has zero entitlement to him. He has no ego uh, He's a team above self guy. So he checks every single box there is to check as a prospect, and he was checking it back when he was 17 years old. I mean, I remember seeing, watching him at the opening, saying this guy could go to an NFL training camp right now uh, and throw one-on-one, throw routes on air, and look like an NFL quarterback.
5: You know, it's funny that you you talk about that. I I just think to remember that it got tough for him a little bit at at the opening Mm -hmm. um, in the Mm -hmm. finals. What did you discover in watching him go through some adversity uh, as a young person?
1: Well, that's the biggest thing I look for. To be quite honest with you, a lot I base a lot of my evaluations off how they respond to setbacks. Uh, we look at it in game with an acronym: pace, plays after critical players, uh, Study that really hard, uh, and then in that environment—a camp environment or in a high school football game environment, a practice environment—off the field, a guy can you know be a knucklehead off the field, and how does he respond to that after the fact? So, uh, I think it's I think. It, that metric or, or that uh, evaluation has a lot to do with their long-term success because you're going to have a lot of setbacks. You're going to have a lot of adversity, uh, and it's, it's not what happened to you. It's how you respond to it, and, and Trevor's a guy that, whether it was the opening, whether it was not winning the final game of his high school career, whether it was a setback at Clemson, he's always been a guy that bounces back better. The next opportunity and that's really what you're looking for i mean tom brady's thrown a lot of interceptions he's lost a lot of games he's had a lot of stinkers he's had a lot of bad series i think what separates him is that relentless pursuit of the next opportunity Uh, and that's why he's been at his best for 21 years in those situations
0: yeah i mean kind of echoed what what he had said to me right buck i mean this looked like an nfl quarterback as as a high schooler
5: he did. And Trent talked about the adversity that Trevor faced during that event. And I would say, having competed against Trevor during that event, uh, it was difficult for him because it had been very, very easy for him to dominate. And it's the first time that I would say the playing field is level. And so to see Trevor have some struggles, but to see the resiliency, the toughness, the grit and determination where he was able to bounce back and finish off strong. Um once again, when you're evaluating quarterbacks, you're always looking at how do they respond to bad things? That event, Trent kind of talked about, but, but Trent kind of saw some of those things that we all see and we all like about him. His, ability, his toughness, because I think that toughness
0: comes out in a few different occasions. No doubt. Um, uh, our next guest here is somebody that's known Trevor again, going all the way back to seventh grade. Um, so we're getting some 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 really good looks at Trevor Lawrence from different angles here. Uh, this is uh, Ron Veal, who is a private quarterback coach. Again, he's worked with Trevor Lawrence since middle school all the way through high school. And we had a chance to visit with Ron. The first time that you met Trevor, when was that? And uh, And tell us a little bit about that one.
9: Well, the first time I met him was at a football camp around the age, well, high school, I mean, middle school, around the seventh grade. He came out to a camp, um, long and lanky, and one of the parents introduced me to him, and that's how I started.
5: You know, in thinking about him being long and lanky coach, how were you able to build up his mechanics so he was able to become such an efficient passer at the high school level?
9: I really think that was um, it was already there. He was more... A bottoms-up guy, where you would work on his footwork because his delivery was already there. We just cleaned up a little bit as he as he matured and his body caught up to his age and his growth. But for as like throwing the ball, that was already there. It was just—I think he's just a natural thrower, no doubt, coach.
0: When you when you look at Trevor, we see it. You know, we saw it in the Ohio State game in 2019 when he took off and ran. Uh, just the example of the, the athlete that he is. Lawrence
1: took a peek downfield, had a lot of room, and breaks the tackle, and is still running. Lawrence in a foot race. Will they catch him? Touchdown,
8: Tigers! Wow! A game-changing play.
0: Is there a moment uh, during your time training with him, working out with him, that uh, that, that kind of jumped out to you, just his overall athleticism?
9: Yeah, always, you know, he played baseball as well, so he was a well-rounded athlete. He was always athletic in the drills that we would do for us, like his movements in the pocket getting out, throwing the ball on the run so those things were there, I just didn't know he was that fast um, when he ran away from those guys on Ohio State he showed great length and he covered a lot of ground
5: <laughs> uh, You know coach, you talk about the athleticism one of the things that Trevor is known for is his competitiveness, when you've been working with him, have you seen examples or do you have examples of when that competitive fire has come out?
9: Yeah, I think he's more of a perfectionist with the uh, competitiveness. Every ball has to be in a great place for him. Um, that didn't feel right, didn't come off right. Um, he always worked on his craft for like timing and anticipation. So I think that competitive edge is always there, especially in a game. I think everybody see how he looks and thinks that he might be a soft kid, but he's very um, competitive, and he'll fight you, fight you to the end.
0: Coach, we know he had a huge reputation coming out of high school. Do you remember when um, that kind of exploded, when he started to get really a lot of attention locally and then kind of growing beyond locally to nationally? And and how did he handle that?
9: I think he handled well. I answered the back end for all the attention that he received during high school. And it even started in middle school with him because everybody knew who he was. And he started as a freshman in high school as a ninth grader playing football here in Georgia. That's pretty impressive. And he started for four years, and he went to, what, I think three state championships and won a couple of state championships. And as um, far as the hype of it, I, just, I always remember we was at a Chick-fil-A one day watching film, and this elderly lady said, you are Trevor at Lawrence. And she said, do you mind if I – Take a picture with you and get an autograph, and he was so gracious in that it wasn't arrogant or anything like that. So at that point in time, I knew that he learned how to deal with his status um, as a, I would say, a celebrity.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, real, think quick, about- Mark, real quick, Buck. Real quick, Buck. I, I got to follow up on that, Coach. As somebody who played quarterback, if my if I had a, a quarterback coach who was training me at a Chick-fil-A, I do believe I would have far exceeded the level at which I played. I mean, that is that's next level right there.
9: <laughs> that was a breath of spot, man. <laughs> now we would go to a review film and all the stuff, but it worked for him. It was right across the street from his high <laughs> school. Uh
5: that's funny, coach. Um, one thing on Trevor, because you talked about him being a freshman. Uh, leading a team that was very, very successful. One of the things that he's known for is winning. Uh, what is it about him that enables him to get his team to the winner's circle consistently?
9: I think he's just not a selfish person and um, he can make other people around him better, even from to the last guy on the roster to the first guys on the roster. I think he treats everybody the same and he leads by example. He's not a rah-rah guy, but he leads by example. He's going be the first in, the last one out. He's going to um, encourage, encourage, encourage. And um, that's the biggest things I see from him.
0: Coach, what was the reaction from from the community uh, seeing after he goes to Clemson and that game where he as a young player tears up this legendary Alabama defense to win a national championship? What was the, was the reaction from folks in, in town there?
9: Well, you know, he's north of Atlanta in Cartersville. I'm sure he was... Um, praise to the hilt but what he's doing for the kids here in atlanta in the metro area is just showing that there's a way that you can accomplish all of these things by just doing work and being being humble as you go about what you're doing and the success will come from the hard work and i think he put in a whole lot of hard work along with the talent that he has
0: with those two kids being together coach um did they ever train together did justin and trevor ever train together and if so what was that like
9: well, we only did it one time. I said two, but they said one. Um, we had it where after their freshman year at Georgia or going into their freshman year at Georgia and Clemson, we had them on the field together. And usually neither one of them talked during a session. So this session was even extra quiet because you could <laughs> see the competitive level go and go and go. And there was this type of session where you don't really – say much you just watch and enjoy it because it wasn't much to say it was just they they went at it from head from the start to the finish and um it was pretty good it was pretty good
5: you know coach how unusual is it to have two i mean top picks within 35 miles of each other is there a high better of quarterback talent in that area in georgia
9: yeah right now i I'm kind of biased, but yeah, I think we have a, a good group of people training quarterbacks in Atlanta right now, and um, Atlanta has a good group of kids, maybe 15, 20 kids right now got D1 office here in Georgia. And um, I don't know if it's a hotbed, but something is happening, and something, something good is happening on our end, and we'll take it. So, like I said... Those two kids are helping so many other kids that they probably don't even know about like far as their dreams of playing at the next level or even making it to the NFL. But what they're doing is really helping a lot of kids in the Metro from the standpoint, like, I can do the same thing if I really, really focus on what I'm doing. And and I respect and have humble, be humble about the game. There's nowhere it can take me, somewhere, you know?
0: Well, a couple of takeaways here, Buck. First of all, I love the fact that he's doing work in Chick Fil A. Uh, that's uh, that's a win for me. That, that's uh, that's going to get you a little not, a bump up in the grade. Uh, watching film in Chick Fil A. Uh, but to me, the other thing that really stood out is uh, the fact we we talk about this phrase, and I think some people maybe they think it's it's hokey or what have you. But when you say a "guys a natural thrower," Some of these kids, you can just tell the first time they picked up a baseball or a football, like that's what it was supposed to look like. And and to me, that's kind of Trevor, just a real easy, natural thrower.
5: Yeah, easy, natural thrower. Um, and I think the talent is always there when you look at it because it doesn't look like he exerts a lot of energy and effort when he makes throws. Um, Coach Veals outlining of Trevor's like perfectionist tendencies and how he just wants to do it right all the time and how he's driven to Uh, Do those things. I think that's a common thread that's shared amongst great players. And so to identify and spot that in Trevor Lawrence early, I think it kind of
0: highlights why he's been able to have the success that he's had as a young player. Well, we used to say in the draft room, you know, our bosses used to tell us, hey, paint a picture of this player, you know, paint a picture. If we've never seen him before, you got to describe him and tell us about him so we can close our eyes and, and imagine what he looks like. That's what we're trying to do here in this 360 episode. So hopefully you've got a good feel uh, for what Trevor was like kind of coming through high school and and the early development and and when he got started in this sport. Now we want to transition to what took place once he got to Clemson, uh, because he has had one of the better college careers of a quarterback that we've seen. And gosh, since we've been doing it, Buck, going back 20 years. Um, So let's jump into that. And to do that, let's bring back Coach Dabo
2: Sweeney uh, for a little bit about what took place there. At Clemson. I think Trevor can be an international superstar. You know, there's not many football players that become international superstars. Uh, I think part of, the, part of that is just because, you know, we all wear helmets and uniforms and, you know, you kind of get uh, identified by that. And then you take the helmets off and, you know, you become a normal person. And sometimes you blend in. Trevor doesn't blend in uh, in, in any <laughs> regard. And, and I think that I think he's one of those guys that you know, just because of his presence, uh, he he's got a chance to really transcend uh, the sport. What would you give? Because I know what I would give. What would you give to just be able to wear Trevor's hair for like maybe this like a week? If you could just walk around <laughs> with that mane for a week, what would you give? well if i'd known you were going to ask that question i would i would have put my wig on because i got a trevor wig uh i've got one i've got a trevor wig with a 16 on the forehead right there uh yeah I've, I've worn that for halloween i've worn it to a couple of team meetings along the way and you know uh, i've had some fun with that but you know i don't know it seems like a lot of work to me but uh cause you gotta worry about your shampoo and you know the flip and all that stuff you know but Hey, it works for him. I don't know that I can pull it off, but I guess if you're 66, <laughs> six, uh, you can it, it goes with it. But you know the cool thing about him is is he does have this look of Hollywood, you know? He really does. Like, you know, but he I'm telling you he is the most un-Hollywood guy you're ever going to meet. He is this very simple, very disciplined uh, you know, Routine guy and uh, just just very normal, very normal guy. Uh, Like I said, he looks like this, you know, like he's got all this, uh, uh, you know, almost some prima donna to him. But he does it, man. He's he probably uses Pantene, you know, simple shampoo. He probably (laughs) doesn't have anything fancy or anything like that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, that's great, Coach. Uh, my, we have to do we have to do comps, right? So, you know, for the network, we always have to come up with comparisons for these guys. And so, uh, with Trevor, I said, "Well, he's not. There's not one comp for him. He's kind of a unicorn in that in that degree." So, to me, I just said, "Look, he's got Justin Herbert's frame. and He's got Jennifer Aniston's hair. You know, like that's that's as <laughs> what, good as I can come up
2: with." <laughs> yeah, he, I don't really have a comp for him either. I mean, I really don't. There isn't I mean, one, right? Uh, I, I don't know who, who he, you come he up is, with. He is. He is very unique, you know. I mean, a lot of people. I, in fact, we did. I just did a thing with the, he and uh, Peyton. We did a little thing down at the golf tournament, Masters golf tournament. That was kind of fun seeing those two, uh, you know, because that was really his hero growing up was Peyton Manning. Mm. That's why I wore sixteen. Was for Peyton? Peyton was funny because he was like, "Golly, if you know, you'd like if I was his hero, you. I wish you'd have chosen my alma mater, uh, you know." But, <laughs> but, you know, he's 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 big like Peyton. Uh, but just a better athlete, you know. I mean, he can just yeah. flat out run. I mean, he's so different. Uh, so I, I, I can't really recall anyone like him that had the combination of that size and speed and mm-hmm. and arm talent. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's unique and and just an incredible football IQ to go with it. I mean, he, he's uh, he's got a high aptitude for the game, processes things quickly, anticipates well. You know, can make all the throws and uh, got a bright future for sure. Well,
0: I thought it was it's fascinating, Buck, when we think of comps. I don't know that there is one uh, for Trevor. It's just different, right? I mean, we can say a little bit mm-hmm. of this guy, a little bit of that guy. But it's, uh, as Coach said, it's, it's hard to come up with one.
5: Yeah, it is hard to come up with one. And when we think about Trevor and you watch him, you know, it's funny because you just don't see guys his size with his athleticism, his arm talent. I know recently we've seen Justin Herbert come into the league, but it's kind of hard to compare somebody like that so quickly. But,
0: yeah, Trevor's a he's a unique player. He's a bit of a unicorn at the position. Yeah, no doubt. He's definitely different. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's get back to his parents here. Uh, this is Jeremy and Amanda Lawrence uh, about that, uh, that magical run there, his first year at Clemson.
4: We bring five. Lawrence picks up the bridge, delivers. And a circus
0: hit by Ross? Wow. Amanda, I, I will go back to you on this one. the uh, his freshman year, and I see I, I believe I don't know if the jerseys behind you are from that uh, from that season or not, but to to step on that stage and take over the position when he did, and then to go on that run, um, I mean, what was that like for you, for you as parents? I'll start with you, Amanda, just to experience uh, what a magical time that was uh, for him and, and your family.
6: Yeah, it, it was really exciting. I mean, I was so proud of him and, and just, you know, he went out and competed and he didn't let any kind of press or, you know, um, you know, I guess, um, you know, what the the press was anticipating or whatever. He didn't let that bother him. He, he knew that he had a job to do when he went to Clemson, that he was going to, you know, compete for the starting job. That's what all the... Quarterbacks do, or any position that you're, you know, assigned to or that you play. And, you know, he gave it his all. And um, yeah, I was just super proud of him.
5: You know, I, I know you have to be proud of not only what he's become on the field, but it seems like over the last year or so, he's really grown into the leadership position in terms of the face of Clemson. Uh, how have you seen him grow uh, from your own eyes as a parent? In terms of a leader and as a a role model for others.
6: Well, I mean one one thing that comes to mind straight away is um, the Ohio State game when we were down and then we ended up coming back and and winning that game. I mean he didn't let anything get him down. He really picked up his team and was like, guys, you know we can do this, and um, really just didn't give up. And he's. He's always been persistent in that aspect. And um, yeah, I'm just super proud of how he's grown as a leader and that he can, you know, be an example to his teammates, a hard worker, um, you know, don't give up.
3: You know, he he realizes along with that, that the the platform he has to impact people off the field and uh, he embraces that and, uh, you know, really wants to take advantage of that opportunity. So I think, He's definitely grown in that capacity, and I think he will continue to do that. Well, this is this is probably the most important
0: uh, question that I have for you guys. You guys have been great with us today. Um, I, I just, I, I got to know, as somebody who's a little bit thin up here, and as Bucky, who's somebody who's more thin up there, where <laughs> does this beautiful flowing hair uh, come from, from Trevor? Who did he get his hair from? Not from me
6: it's just been a little bit over the years but he had a head full of hair that's gonna you
0: realize guys that's the first that's the first endorsement deal that's coming I mean if it hasn't come already I mean that's the first one that's coming if he's gonna have a shampoo deal uh, before the first contract is even signed that's absolutely I do think he's going to have a shampoo deal, Buck. I, I think that's coming. Uh, that's just a matter of time there. I mean, that's that's the easiest marketing deal anybody could ever put together. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Look, man, he has he
5: has everything that you look for. It, it's easy to be jealous when you see a kid who has all the size and physical gifts that, that you want. You see the hair, which certainly stands out and makes him an even bigger superstar when you look at it. And then just the overall talent and the way that he wins. Some guys just have that magical ability to get their team to the winner's circle Trevor went on one of the best runs that we've seen in college football in terms of leading the Tigers to that first national championship. And for him to do it as a freshman is
0: uncommon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, great to catch up with his parents again uh, on that topic. Um, all right, let's bring back Trent um, again. Trent knows Trevor going back to the Elite 11, and I thought he has a, a good feel for the evaluation and what you see when you study and what he did at Clemson.
5: Trevor wins the national title very early in his career, and then he gets Clemson back, but he, he loses in the semifinals and then loses in the finals um, during those two years. In watching him as a college player, what are the things that you're most impressed with, and what do you think that he has to continue to work on to be the player that we all think that he can be at the next
1: level? Well, will start with what he needs to improve on. And it's been something he's been working on since high school. But just recently in the last couple of months, he's really identified it with Jordan Palmer. I spoke to Jordan a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and the things that Trevor came in wanting to work on are the same things that myself and Jordan and others kind of identified. He's got to become more flexible in his upper torso. So he has very poor thoracic flexibility. Therefore, he doesn't rotate as a thrower. He goes distal and forward as a thrower so he tends to be wide and spread out at times Um, that leads to some of the inconsistencies i i think he addressed that already Uh, he wants to play with a more stable base Uh, he wants to stay more level Uh, so fundamental stuff fundamental stuff that'll lead to more consistency and that's the only knock you can find on trevor is that every once in a while a ball will get away from him when he's really trying to rip it or when he's rushed uh, because there's some slight tweaks he needs to make fundamentally uh but that's really it <clears throat> he has as good eyes for the game uh, as good a presence in the pocket uh, a feel for people around him when to become uh, when to attack the line of scrimmage as a runner and when to buy time with shuffles and slides in the pocket there's a great clip i think it's against notre dame uh, in the in the playoff game where they're running kind of a dive in fake a crossing route and then a high corner off of it And he's getting pressured, and 99.9% of quarterbacks would have not bought the time to make the throw. And he goes backwards in the pocket because the defensive linemen are coming up on him and takes probably 60% off the ball and lays it out to a spot, and they get 30 yards out of it. Uh, Little nuances like that in his game. He's playing the professional-level game uh, at the college level. Uh, he's a uh, he's a horsepower twitch guy. And I, I kind of introduced this concept a couple years ago with Justin Herber as a sophomore and saying, you know, there's a guy coming up that has a rare combination of horsepower and twitch. Because simply what she gives you, you guys have horsepower. They're very powerful. They're strong. Uh, they have physical confidence. Think Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, some of the giants of the game. Uh, but they lack some twitch. They lack that. Uh, and the next thing you know they're gone or their eyes see and it comes out of their hand Uh, and then you see a littler guys at times Johnny Manziel uh, some of the smaller guys that they're so twitchy but they lack power well very rarely do you find the guys that have both Uh, Andrew Luck was really the first one lacked a little twitch but had it I thought Herbert was another one that had it Uh, and now you're looking at Lawrence who's really the ultimate model horsepower and twitch so uh from a trait standpoint that's what it is and then and then he has every throw in the catalog uh, we always talk about how big is your throw catalog uh, some guys are great at outbreaking breaking routes some guys are good at target routes some guys throw a lot of crossing routes some guys throw some runaway ru- runaway routes deep ball quick game rpo catch and throw whatever it is he's got them all the one thing about this offense is it's i wouldn't call it a system and at times it's lacking But over his career, they have added volume to the catalog. And he's pretty much made every throw you're going to be asked to make in his college career.
9: A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free
7: from it.
0: He's
10: down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson.
0: I like that horsepower twitch. You know, I've used both those individually. Talk about guys having horsepower. Talk about guys having twitch. Uh, Trent just combined them all together. Yeah, I mean, he he does have, I mean, extraordinary gifts. And and
5: that's why, because we talk about the six five six six 6'6", frame, but the athleticism and then the arm talent. The whip is outstanding in terms of being able to push it down the field, the way the ball comes out. You've talked earlier about it, him being a natural thrower. And so, yeah, the, the best pitchers are the ones that can mix a little power with a little finesse. Trevor Lawrence is able to
0: do that. Uh, It's always great when you can talk to somebody that is an expert at the quarterback position, as well as somebody who's coached uh, against Trevor Lawrence. And we had that opportunity uh, to visit with David Cutcliffe, who's the head coach at Duke and and one of the premier voices uh, on the quarterback position. I do want to ask you about somebody that you had a chance to to coach against. I know somebody that you had on campus as well. You've known for, for a long time, and that's Trevor Lawrence Um, We all assume he's going to be the first pick here to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But what what was your first exposure to him, and uh, what was your takeaway?
4: Well, I mean, first of all, he's bigger than you think he is. Uh, He is faster than you think he is, okay? Uh, I know his high school coach well. He was well coached and trained in high school. But the things that his high school coach said about him as a person as a teammate, Uh, I think he's displayed at Clemson that he's a great teammate, which is extremely important. Probably the greatest compliment an athlete can get is being a great teammate. And uh, so I do think he's humble, hardworking. Um, You know, where he is in his progression uh, as a quarterback, I wouldn't know as much about, but he does possess uh, the skill level and. Really, again, going back to having great respect for his high school coach and remembering everything he said about Trevor makes you realize that he, he's got the intangibles uh, as well.
5: You know, Coach, it's great to hear you talk about that. I, w- one more perspective on Trevor. Being on the opposite sideline, when you face a guy like Trevor Lawrence, w- what do you feel like facing a guy like that? What, what's the challenge when you face someone who's as talented and dynamic as a Trevor Lawrence?
4: Well, I mean, we didn't really have an answer, to be honest with you. The challenges are is that he is big enough, and he can be pure in that pocket. He can do what the guys I've coached before can do, uh, and then he can create. So, like, we played against Johnny Manziel in his last game at Texas A&M. It's a good arm. Uh, we all know the mobility was incredible, but you knew he wasn't going to just stay in the pocket and throw it the way Trevor can. Throw, Trevor can throw out routes on time. He can throw digs on time, um, you know, and that that's really to me what you've got to see is, and, and he's certainly the, the body type, you know, to do that. And I think that's the uniqueness when we didn't have an answer. I mean, if you just try to keep him in the pocket, rush high, he's going to be successful in there. Uh, You you can't even not rush him and try to jump and bat balls because he's a good sized guy. So we struggled. Again, best thing you can do is limit the number of snaps they get.
0: I thought the the stuff about throwing on time uh, was impressive, Buck. As much as you know, bigger and faster, more athletic, and you know, all that stuff than you maybe think when you watch him on tape to when you see him in person. I think the fact that he can throw routes on time. I think that point by Coach Cutcliffe was a big one.
5: Yeah, I think that definitely was a big one. Uh, I think the bigger thing was Coach Cutcliffe pointing out that he just sensed that Trevor Lawrence was a great teammate. Uh, so much of what we talk about with the quarterback position has to do with the physical ability, but it's a leadership position and being able to connect all types of players from different parts and and different backgrounds and all those things and to support them and to get all of those guys kind of moving in the right direction for an opposing coach to be able to see that and identify that in Trevor Lawrence. It just kind of tells you how special Trevor Lawrence is.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting when you're just kind of connecting the dots here and coach cutcliffe having coach peyton manning um you think about trevor lawrence wearing that number his dabo told us because of peyton manning uh, at tennessee um so to me i just think it's it's interesting when you see this you know kind of path that he's on and there are he does have a little bit of peyton manning to his game obviously he's a different athlete um but there is uh there is some similarities there it's it's fascinating when you when you get a chance to connect all these dots uh, another coach there in the acc that we have a great relationship with uh, one of my coaches from from App State is is uh, Scott Satterfield, who's done a really nice job there with that Louisville football program. Uh, we had a chance to to visit with him and, and ask him his thoughts on Trevor Lawrence. I don't think you saw him this year, right? I don't think you played Clemson this year, but I know you saw him in 19. Um, yeah. Just just playing, playing against uh, and coaching against Trevor Lawrence and then also seeing him, I'm sure you saw him on a ton of crossover tape this year. Just your take on him as a former quarterback yourself.
10: Well, you know, he's, he's really unbelievable. I, you know, I I try to find a weakness on him and I I don't know what it is. That'd be interesting to hear your take of that. What weakness you may think he has, because you know, he's six, six, he runs like he's six foot. Uh, He's got a tremendous arm. He's um, he's very accurate, you know, but but I think that one thing that I love more about him than anything else is just his demeanor and his approach to the game. I think that sets him apart from from everybody else. You know, when you have that, I mean, he's he's more in the line of, of the Peyton Manning, the Tom Brady, the Drew Brees. He's got that about him. So, and those guys obviously are Hall of Fame type players. So he has the talent. He's got the skill set more so than, you know, Tom Brady's tall, but he can't run. You know, Drew Brees is, is, is short, you know, but he's got a great arm. You know, so he's got kind of all those intangibles plus the things that you want, the leadership, the the humbleness that he has, the you know, the team first mentality. People want to play for him and give everything they have for him. He's going to make everybody around him better, um, you know. So he, he's a just he's a man. He's a unicorn in my opinion. I think the only thing you do
5: is is kind of nitpick. Like when he played those games, LSU and Ohio State. Maybe when the pressure and the late changing coverage they tricked him a little bit. But he is so good. I think coach for you, I, I think is always fascinating to get a coach's perspective. When you're on the other sideline and your team is playing against a dude, meaning a franchise quarterback, what is that feeling like when you're facing them? Does it change how you approach it from offense, defense? Like, what is it like facing a top-notch quarterback on the other side?
10: Well, yeah, yeah. It's very challenging, obviously. Now, we played him two years ago. I think we had two picks. So he hadn't thrown interception in a while, and we ended up picking them all. <laughs> um, he threw in the coverage a little bit, you know, trying to force the ball. But, um, you know, as sometimes quarterbacks do that. But but I think, I, you know, you really just try to contain him. I mean, really, you know, you, you know he's going to be able to make those plays. The thing about Clemson, too, is that you had some other players that are really good. You know, some of those wide receivers, the running backs. So, I mean, you really, you really just can't try to focus on stopping him. So um, that's where it makes it really challenging, I think. But but I think you just want to try to keep everything in front. You don't want to give up those big plays um that he's obviously capable of doing try try to make him get impatient i think so you know just give him the underneath throws and see if he'll take them all day you know mm-hmm. some quarterbacks won't you know they, they want to get hey i want to throw that ball down the field i want to get a little bit hungry and and, and and eager to throw the ball down the field and that's where you get in trouble um, but if he has that patience then it's going to be hard to beat him you know because they have so many great weapons around him but um but yeah it, it's, it's very difficult i think when you're facing somebody of that caliber of talent
0: well, as you know, coach, I prefer it for the teams just give me the underneath stuff. I didn't really want to have them <laughs> push that down the field. I'll take those layups all day long. Can't go broke well taking a profit, as somebody once told me back in the day. That's true. Again, Buck, leadership, humility, um, some of those things that come up that you would think as an opposing coach you wouldn't really pay attention to, uh, more of the skill set stuff. But man, it just comes out. Everybody we talk to.
5: Yeah, it it, it comes out. So it's obvious, DJ, that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence displays something on the field that other coaches can kind of sense. Sometimes we talk about the it factor and the swagger, but when I get that, I I get from Trevor Lawrence, there's this self-assuredness, this quiet confidence that you can just pick up that he kind of has this. I got it. Don't worry Mm -hmm. about the team. I got it. And I think
0: opposing coaches recognize that. And I think they appreciate that. No doubt. Um, We've had a chance to visit with, gosh coaches and family members uh players guys that have coached against him um trainers you name it buck we've talked to just about everybody we haven't talked to as a teammate and we couldn't get through this episode without uh, getting a glimpse of trevor lawrence as a teammate and we did that fortunately you were able to catch up with arguably the best running back in this year's draft class his teammate travis Etienne.
5: You know, so, and in, in, in thinking about Clemson, your program, you guys have been so successful, and so there's naturally a lot of attention on the players there, and one of the players has been Trevor Lawrence. What is it like to play with Trevor Lawrence? What is he like in the huddle?
8: Uh, Trevor, uh, he's just
10: cool, and calm, and collected. I mean, uh, he, he he really don't voice his opinion, but when he do, everyone stops and listens. And I feel like Trevor, uh, the, the sky's looking for him, man. I mean, uh, it was really a great experience, a humble experience for me to be able to play with the number one quarterback, number, number one pick eventually, so... Uh, for me, I'm just very grateful, hope that I got to play with him. And I mean, man, those, those times you kind of take for granted. But looking back on it, you really see how special those moments was. You know, you guys were very, very special. You guys accomplished a
5: lot. And it's funny because both of you guys were very, very young players when y'all won the national title. Uh, did it ever seem like it was overwhelming for you or for Trevor, like to step in that step on that big stage and really lead the team? Uh, no, sir, not at
10: all. Uh, it was never overwhelming. That's just uh, the culture that we have. I feel like that goes credit to the culture, uh, just, just the, the group of guys that we had around us. I felt like uh, it was easy for Trev to step in and lead because everyone was so about their business, and uh, we, we, we all had one common goal. So it was easy for him to step in there and, and, and just do what he do.
4: Well,
0: Buck, I think we're we're kind of painted the picture here. You know, this is a there's a humble confidence to Trevor Lawrence. Um, there's as good as he is, there's still more uh, for him ahead. And I think Travis Etienne did a good job of kind of painting that picture. Yeah,
5: he talked about it not being too big for him. And I think we all have been around uh, players where we like to see them in pressure moments and how they respond. And for a young player a freshman player to play on a big stage and not to become overwhelmed by the task at hand. Um, once again, it just kind of further confirms uh, a lot of belief from scouts that this guy is QB one. He is the guy. He should be celebrated as one of the best that we've seen come through the pipeline. And I, I think everything that we've heard from those that know him well, from his his family members to his coaches, to opposing coaches says that Trevor Lawrence is that dude. And I think if you're a team that is looking for a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, you sit at the top of the board. When you just listen to the background, all of those things make you really want to check off all the boxes and it just kind of leads you to believe that this guy is going to have tremendous success when he gets to the next level, that he is going to be able to handle all the things that are put on him as a franchise quarterback. And that if given the time and given the support, that at some point he is going to help his team win and win big.
0: Yeah. And we, we think about him in context of, you know, kind of the draft grades you've given out. Andrew Luck is the only quarterback I've given a higher grade to, um, going back to 03. And, you know, for context, I, I would say I had just a little bit higher grade on Miles Garrett. So, if you think about Miles Garrett, his mm-hmm. position, we could say probably the best player at his position in the NFL. I have a little bit lower grade on Trevor Lawrence than Miles Garrett, but he's in that conversation, which is a, a pretty select group. It's easy to put
5: big grades on players that not only where you see the talent on film, but when you dig into the background, it appears that they're very, very committed to being the best that they can be. And I think with Trevor, all signs point to this guy being an outstanding pro player. Now, sometimes we can never guarantee that it's going to work out like that. But you get the sense that he is going to do everything within his power to make sure that he performs at a high level and that he's going to bring his teammates with him. I'm willing to bank on a guy like that. I'm willing to roll the dice that a guy like that figures it out.
0: Yeah, when you get uh, elite traits and elite intangibles – that's when you get conviction on players. you know. That's when you feel confident and comfortable pushing your chips in, and he has that. So he's got everything you want from a skill set standpoint, and then you add all the off-the-field stuff that checks out. So, uh, yeah, to me, he's a, he's a pretty easy evaluation, and I think it's like that for most of the league. Um, and I'm excited. I cannot wait to see him get on NFL field and, and see what he can do, Buck. You know,
5: I think he's going to have tremendous success. It may not happen immediately, uh, but I think when supported in the right environment – this guy's going to be a star at the next level. Uh, everything that he's done to this point suggests
0: that he'll be a superstar. I can't imagine that changing right now. No, I'm with you. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. It's been great to do a deep dive on Trevor Lawrence for this move. The six 360 episode. Um, we've got a couple more you can check out um, they're They're coming. So they're on the way. Be on the lookout for those as we, uh, as we celebrate some of the best players in this year's draft class. This has been the Move the Sticks 360 episode. Trevor Lawrence, we'll see you next time right here. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,